The offensive line could look very different in Green Bay in 2023, but that's because Matt LaFleur is not afraid to switch things up, not afraid to try new things. And it hasn't always landed the Packers in the best place. But his willingness to try at least means something. And it tells us we have to be on our toes. Plus, the defense has been giving it to the offense a little bit, at least in two-minute situations. So how concerned should Packer fans be at this point? All of that on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So one of the things that stands out about the last few days, and once the pads come on, things change at training camp. And for, and it's appropriate because I've changed locations for those of you watching me on YouTube. We're like, where is he right now? Um, I am I am traveling. I'm actually um, at uh, my in-laws. And so I'm, I'm still, we got to do the show. We got to do the show. We still have to give the people what they want, which is that, that training camp content. And so speaking of change and potential change of venue, we've heard Royce Newman working in at guard. Uh, I think that's just a body thing. Just like, okay, let's let's give these guys a chance. And I'm actually, we're going to talk about that at the end. But you have Zach Tom, first team working at center. Yash Nyman at right tackle. And if you told me that the Packers' best five, and I, you know, I don't know what it is right now, but if you told me that the Packers' best five offensive linemen was David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Zach Tom, John Runyon Jr., and Yash Nyman, I would believe you. In fact, based on the evidence that we have, I, I'm pretty confident that is the case. Yash Nyman has played really well at left tackle, especially for a backup. Played a solid job on the right side last year in a new position, making that adjustment. And it just so happened Zach Tom was so good that he had to play by the end of the season in that spot. Well, now, if they're unhappy with the way Josh Myers has progressed, and I would understand if they were, that they feel like, well, what we don't want to do is take Zach Tom off the field to put Josh Nyman on it. Zach Tom is going to start. But what we do want to do is say, okay, what is the gap? What is the drop-off from Zach Tom to Josh Nyman? If it's Little, it's like, yeah, this much. Then moving Zach Tom, not that big a deal. Especially if the improvement from Josh Myers to Zach Tom is more than just eh, a little bit. And I, 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 this is something we talked about right away when Zach Tom was drafted last year. The potential that he could play 
center. This idea that he would do the J.C. Treader thing. A small school tackle. Now, Wake Forest, like, let's be fair. They're in the ACC. That's a real school. But they're, that's, about, that's a basketball school. So it's not exactly a blue blood program. So, okay, now you move into center. You become a really good center. J.C. Treader was a really good center for a really long time. I think that path is one that Zach Tom could walk. And he has said he put on 10 to 15 pounds in that range, maybe more. David Bakhtiari even mentioned that, that he needed to put on a little weight and did that and that he's playing really well right now. And I think when you think about him on the inside, okay, you have to you have to face these power rushers, these big, powerful men, 330 pounds that are just going to try and run through your face all the time. Yeah, you need that sand in your pants to borrow an old scouting phrase. So... That makes sense to me. Now, I understand this argument. If you want to make the case, okay, play your best players at the premium positions. It's more important that you have your tackles solidified. But we already know Yash Nyman can do it. Yash Nyman can play passable and, and more than passable at the tackle spot. He's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. You're not going to move him to guard. At tackle, he's one of your best five offensive linemen. Zach Tom is your best right tackle right now. So how do you balance that? It's not an easy thing to balance. What you're trying to do, though, is not just say these are our best five players. We see this in basketball, by the way, all the time. That, okay, if you just on talent, your best five guys, you can't just throw five guys out there because they're the, they're the best players and expect them to mesh with one another, to fit together. And the, the deal with offensive line is offensive line is a weak link system. It is more about having fewer or the fewest bad players, the fewest low quality players, or put another way, you want the cracks to be as minimal as possible. So if you've got five good players and no great players, that is a better offensive line than three great players and two bad players. It just is. We have mountains of data and evidence and, and anecdotal evidence in Green Bay about this, by the way. Think of how many times the Packers have like, yeah, they got four pretty good players to really good players. And then you got to start Don Barclay at right tackle or Byron Bell at right guard or something like that. And you're just like, Ugh, can this guy just like get it together? I mean, how many times have you have you experience that in your life. So if Josh Myers isn't good and Zach Tom is good, then you're replacing a weak link in the system. Whereas replacing Yash Nyman at right tackle, he's not a weak link. Now he may be the weakest of the links, but he's not a weak link in that like teams are going to take advantage of him on the regular. But Josh Myers, he just hasn't played well enough. And last year we heard, oh, he's he's ready to take that step. You know, he's going to be healthy and, and, and the team is so excited about him. He looks good in camp. We never saw it. We just never saw it. And right now, that 2021 draft at the top, Eric Stokes gets hurt. Amari Rodgers just got cut by the Texans. Now, Josh Myers is fighting for his life. Now, he might end up being your long-term right guard. And this is the thing, and I mentioned this in the open. I love 
Matt LaFleur's willingness, Adam Stenovich's willingness to say, we're not just going to sit here and say, you want to play left tackle, you're going to play left tackle. You want to play right tackle, you're going to play right tackle. And they're not just going to sit here and say, well, we think the best guard is this, and so you're going to be the best guard. They're going to let the guys decide it. There's the, there's the, you know, the great line, let them fight. Let them fight it out. Do the, do the, the Joker, break the pool cue in half, throw it down and let them go fight it out. Let them go figure it out. Let the players decide. And if you think, Hey, let's see what Zach Tom looks like in center. They're going to do that. I think that is great coaching. Too many coaches go into a season or roster building, and this is true of front office people as well, and they say, well, Josh Myers is a center, Zach Tom is a tackle. This is how we view them coming out of the draft, and this is just what they are. And they're dogmatic about it. I just don't think that is the most effective way to build a team. It's not the most effective way to develop your talent. I mean, think of how many times in your life you were doing one thing, one job, let's say, and your boss came to you and said, hey, can you do this? And you said, yeah. And it turned out you're actually really good at this other thing. And maybe you didn't even know. And, and that's the other part of this is, you know, Zach Tom, what did he play center in high school for any length of time? Probably not. Probably was, he was probably like a running back given his athletic ability. I mean, we could look it up, but just, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do a coach. And then just to be good at it, let them, I mean, we'll see. The pads are on. This is when you make those sorts of experiments. And this is the year that you have to do it. Because if things kind of work this year, then okay, all of a sudden next year, there's cap space to play with. You've got these ascending young players that are going to be a year older. And now it's okay. Now it's year three for Christian Watson. It's year three for Romeo Dobbs. It's, it's, it's put up or shut up time for those guys. And now there's a little bit more pressure on you to win. And, and if things don't go great or if they just go like kind of meh, now there's a lot more pressure on Brian Gudikins, a lot more pressure on Matt LaFleur. So this is the year to experiment. This is the year to figure this all out. And, and I really appreciate this about Matt LaFleur and his staff that they're willing to just say, you know what? We're going to figure it out. Now I do wonder, and I, I wrote about this, we talked about this, how much the approach changes. Would they be doing this much experimenting if Aaron Rodgers were the quarterback? I think we, I think we probably know the answer to that. I want to talk about the offense, a young offense that is that has been. I think there's been a lot of excitement. That that camp coaster, people have been riding it. We got more stuff yesterday. The Romeo Dobbs going up and over the Randy Moss on Jair Alexander. But in some of the crucial situations, the defense is still winning. We're going to talk about that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the point total to who's going to hit the first home run. And that's, you know, assuming you can remember who is on what team at this point because we had a trade deadline that was absolutely wild. Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, the Mets in sell-off mode, and, and a host of teams going, hey, why not us? 
So I say, why not you? Go bet on Major League Baseball at FanDuel, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day, as we're back tomorrow, Warren Sharp from Sharp Football on the show. After that, Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus on the show. And then for our YouTube subscribers, we are live on Saturday night after family night. That show will be in your podcast if you're an audio only subscriber, a podcast for your Monday consumption. Generally, I think the feeling on this offense is excitement. The big plays, the splash plays. And I don't know if there is any sort of, you know, tacit understanding of like, look, this is going to take some time. And, and really what you want to see is the flashes. And I'd like to think that that the audience of this show is like that to some degree. Like, hey, you know what you really need to see is just the, the drips and the drabs that, hey, there's a lot of potential here. But there's also going to be a faction of Packer fans and certainly a faction of Bears fans, Lions fans, Vikings fans going, why is the Packers offense getting its butt kicked in the two minute? Why can't they score in the two minute? Why are there these high leverage situations where the, the Packers defense is winning? And isn't that a big concern if you're the Packers? And my answer to that is right now, no, right now. I reserve the right to change my mind on this because in the future, it might become a problem. But right now, it's not. And and the reason is because tempo is one thing. Tempo is a different idea to play a little bit faster, to get the plays in a little bit quicker, to, to go at a faster speed, play to play. That can be a very useful tool, especially for a young team because it's just, okay, armband, it's, it's play A5, And that is all the information that you need. You look down, okay, we're running this play. Great, cool. You don't have to remember the verbiage. And as I mentioned, every day is remember, we talked about this the other day. These these LaFleur plays are long. They are long. It is a lot of words to keep in your head at one time. And the two-minute, the true two-minute, the hurry-up, is chaos. It's chaos. And so... You're, you're putting in new offensive linemen, potentially. You're rotating offensive linemen. That creates a little more chaos. You've got a rookie in Jaden Reed who's going to play in all your three receiver sets in the two-minute. That's going to create some chaos. Samori Toure, never really gotten first-team reps in this way. That's going to create a little bit of chaos. Jordan Love, running these drills. Now, yes, he's done it before. Aaron Rodgers was hurt at OTAs, but... It's a little bit different business when everyone is looking at you and there is no Aaron Rodgers. There is no four-time MVP future Hall of Famer waiting to run this the way that everyone knows it needs to be run. And so it's just a little different. The confidence that you have when you don't have Aaron Rodgers until Jordan Love proves it is just going to be a little different. And oh yeah, by the way, when your kicker can't make a dang field goal, That's going to be a problem and you're going to feel like you need to score touchdowns only in those situations. You don't want to leave it up to the kicker. So now you got to force it. You got to make plays. And that's something that the Packers are going to have to address at some point. 
they're going to have to figure this kicker situation out because it has been a rough start to camp for the rookie Anders Carlson, whose brother also, by the way, started out as a rookie, had his struggles, got cut by the Vikings, and then has gone on to have a really nice career. The Raiders got a really nice kicker. In fact, it was the Packers game. Carlson biffs a chip shot game winner and ends up getting cut, I, I believe, if memory serves, the next day. Not great, Bob. But, I, you know, look, I'll, there will be some people who will accuse me of, of homerism on this one, of bias. But I have said, and will continue to say, training camp matters. It is not real. So let's see how this looks in game situations. We're talking about practice. So let's see what practice leads to on the field. It's a different level of focus. It's a different level of intensity. All of those things. These are, these are important moments to have now too because you have to see, all right, whose brain works under this stress? And we don't know. Look, is it, is it a play call thing? Is it, is it an approach thing? Is it guys dropping passes? Is it the defense locking in? Is the Packers defense better than we realize? Maybe. Packers passing defense. This is a top 10 passing defense. So in, in the two minute, you have to pass. One thing you'd like to see is Jordan Love has been patient, not forcing balls into coverage. Every day out of Chicago, it's a new new story about, oh, the offense, well, Justin Fields threw seven interceptions today, but it wouldn't, you know, six of them weren't his fault, and the other one we just closed our eyes during, so it doesn't count. It, it does matter why this is happening, too. And so there, there are extenuating circumstances. I'm not just going to forgive it. I'm not just going to excuse it and say, don't look at this. Don't care about this. It's not a big deal because I don't want you to look at it. Like, no. It's been a week. It's day two of pads. Let's just not go nuts. And for anyone that wants to be annoying about this, I have said the same thing about all of the great things. Don't ride the camp coaster. We're not there yet. We're not there where we can say, okay, the offense is good at this or bad at this. This offense is nothing right now. This offense is nothing. We're going to see what they are. And I don't mean nothing like they're bad. I mean, like, we don't know really anything about this offense in terms of what they're good at and what they're bad at because they haven't played any actual NFL games yet. They haven't even played a fake NFL game yet. So let's just understand if the defense weren't kicking their ass, we'd be going, what's going on with the defense? Because the defense has continuity. The defense has a ton of talent, a ton of veteran players on it. They should be the ones playing much better in those situations. They should be the ones getting all the calls right, getting all the, yes, hand signals right, all of those things. It should be the defense. If it were the offense, then we'd be having all these new questions about what is what is Joe Barry doing, which, man, let's be honest, you probably already have those questions. All right, I want to finish up talking about something that that doesn't, doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but from an approach perspective, it is something that Matt LaFleur is talking about, and in this circumstance, doing more than that. Don't just talk about it, be about it. Well, he is walking the walk. And I really, really like it. I'll explain what I'm talking about in just a second here on Locked on Packers. 
Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers would love for you to go check out what we're doing over at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Training camp coverage. Before you know it, we'll be talking about game coverage. We'll be talking about family night, all that good stuff. Plus, Locked On Sports today is so much fun. It's the biggest stories in sports in under 20 minutes. We do it every day, and I have a blast doing it with our awesome hosts. No one has a host of local knowledge like we do. Other companies are saying, eh, local, we don't need it. Locked On has made it our business. No one does it better than we do. So go check out Locked On Sports today with the best local experts in the business. Okay, I I want you to stay with me on this one. And and maybe I, maybe I shouldn't set it up that way because you're immediately going to go, uh-oh, what are we doing here? What is he going to say? What are we going to talk about? These competitive periods that Matt LaFleur has discussed, this idea that, okay, there's going to be a, a, a situation where we're going to, we're going to play for push-ups or up-downs or whatever it is. I think the defense has won all of them. And this goes back to the conversation we were just having. I'm, I'm not actually that interested in who's winning these competitive periods. I'm just not. But you know what I like? Having them. Because, yes, this is a young team. But one thing that this can do is you're adding a little incentive. Guys are competitive. This is the NFL. If you're not competitive, there's the door. Because you you just don't have what it takes to be a professional athlete. But it is also a grueling camp. Days in a row, days at a time, you're getting your lifts in, you've got film, you've got practice, you've got more, like it's just a lot. And it is physically taxing, it is emotionally taxing, it's mentally taxing, and then you have to go through the 17-week grind of the season, all of that stuff. A little extra juice. This is a team that over the years, they have lost games because they've come out incredibly flat and not been able to counterpunch. And I I just don't think you can complain about the lack of juice and those moments when you're going, how do they just not show up today? And then also say an effort to encourage guys, at least in these competitive periods, to really, really bring it. Just that little incentive. There's a reason golfers in those practice rounds are playing for big money. You play a practice round with Phil Mickelson, you are gonna you're gonna either go home with a, a, a much heavier pockets or much lighter ones. It is a way of simulating game pressure. Now you're not you're not gonna fully recreate it, and you're not gonna get to a hundred percent, but you're it's gonna be more than just practice. You're just raising the stakes a little bit, and pride among teammates is everything. It's not quite you know, pride among your rivals. But think about it. You want to beat your friends just as much, if not more in a lot of cases, than you want to beat, you know, that that person you don't like. And now we won. So tomorrow we get to talk just absolute cash. You know what? About it. And now you have to respond. And let's see you go play. Let's see how you play in that circumstance. Look, do, do I think it it changes 
fundamentally the outcome of the season. No, come on. Let's not do that. But I like Matt LaFleur saying, let's make this a little different. We've been doing it this other way. And not that it hasn't worked, but let's try something. Let's let's try this thing. This is similar to what we talked about in the, in the A block about the offensive line and just saying, let's try it. Let's see what we have. Zach Tom at center, let's try it. Let's try Zach Tom and Yash Lyman on the field at the same time with David Bakhtiari also on the field. Let's see what it looks like. Let's try it. Let's see if we can add a little juice. Let's see if we can inject a little life into these practices and, and take this to the next level. Get a young team engaged to keep that focus, to keep that intensity. And veterans who have been through this a million times are going, we really got to do this again. Well, yeah. And one of these periods is going to be competitive. You don't want to do, you don't want to do extra work. Russell Douglas, Kenny Clark, veterans, Jerry Alexander. You don't want to do 10 up downs. That sucks. So go win your competitive period. And so far, the defense has. I like it. Does it matter? I don't know. But it, it is a, a part of a culture thing. And I like the approach. I like the approach saying, look, everything is competitive. So let's go compete. I love that. I love that mindset. All right. Tomorrow on the show, uh, Warren Sharp is going to be on with us. Sam Munson is going to be on with us after that. And then we're going to go live on YouTube after family night. Yes, after family night, because you've waited a long time, damn it. You've waited a long time for football to be back. And it's, it is, we are so back. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we do on our YouTube page after a game or practice that is at Lambeau Field where 60,000 people are going to be, you can do that to stay Locked on Packers.